Good morning. We're glad to hear you. Glad that you're here this morning. And uh, before I forget it, I want to make sure I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. And that's this week. And uh, I told the first service I'm I'm going to celebrate the three F's. That's fellowship, food, and football. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that. And I. Uh, and I hope that uh, you all have a wonderful day with family or whatever God has placed in, in, in your path as far as directions go. Uh, I just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. Uh, first of all, you remember we've been doing the children's uh, Christmas boxes? Well, they're gone now. And we had uh, 1,071 Christmas boxes that we sent out. I know that you you wonder you wonder where the where they go. Well, they go up to the Carolinas and then they repack them and then they ship them to different places throughout the world. And when I was in Haiti, I told the first uh, service that we used to get them in Haiti at the church that I pastored there, <clears throat> and then the pastors would come out come in from the countryside and get their boxes for their uh, for their families. And uh, if you you know if you put fixed one and brought it in here, when those kids open those boxes, it's really exciting to see the expressions on their face, and they'll hold up a thing, a ball or something, or a stuffed animal, and they'll just rejoice in what uh, God has given them for Christmas, because they won't get anything else, that's it. And uh, So anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a real gift of love. Also, I just wanted to remind you also that tonight at 4 o'clock, there is a congregational meeting. I'm sorry I talked to everybody over here. I don't talk to you all. So the heck with them. <clears throat> um, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a congregational meeting, and we're going to vote on the 2023 budget for the church. So this is an important one. So if you're a member, make sure you come. Now, if you're not a member, you still can come. You just can't vote. But we still would invite you to come. It's a, usually a well-run meeting. It's a time of worship when we have our meetings here. So they're really exciting. So this afternoon at 4 o'clock, is it going to be in here, Jeremy, or across the way? Okay, it'll be in the CLC. Okay. So it's across the way. That's why we hope that more people will come. We can fill it. Also, this week on Wednesday, the offices will be closed, uh, and they won't be opened until after Thanksgiving. So the Wednesday on the 23rd, 11:23, the office closed. And if you need to call in here, there's an answering service that uh, you can get. And also, you can text the number on the screen. 904-441-6900, and that will get you into our website and, and our phones, and you can, you can find out what's going on. It gives you a place to punch so you can get in to find out what's happening. Okay, you notice all the stones up here. I told the first congregation I was going to start a, um, a uh, rock garden, but... Uh, uh, Jeremy's going to talk to you a little bit more about this, Pastor Jeremy, is when he comes up here. But uh, Pastor Ron gave me an exciting thought. He thought maybe this was the Sunday that 
the pastors get stoned. <laughs> so just really be careful with, Jeremy's got a wonderful message, don't do it till after his message. Also, it's exciting to look at the stones up here, and I noticed two unique stones, and I'm trying to decide what kind of mineral they're made out of. One's pink, and another one is green. I, can, I know a mineral that would be green, but uh, I guess there is some mica once in a while that is pink, but this one is really pink, and it's really exciting. It's a very important stone to that individual who made it up, and uh, I just really thank you for that. You'll have a chance if you haven't put your stone up here to do that. All right, so John, are you ready? I think I am. <laughs> I'm ready, Carl, come on. stand and join them. We praise you, O oh God, our Redeemer, Creator.
is the Lord most high for he is the great king over all the earth shout joy to the Lord in the midst of the trumpet blast it will become apparent he is Lord for our Lord is the king of all the earth sing to him sing praises sing praises sing psalms and songs of praise for our Lord reigns he is seated on his holy throne the kings of the earth belong to him. Our king is exalted. Alleluia. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things to your beloved son, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth divided and enslaved by sin may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Today is something we're calling Rock the Church Sunday. I like to think of it as Foundation Sunday. For the last couple of weeks, we have been... Um, handing out these rocks um, so that you can take them home, you can pray over them, you can write on them a prayer request, a scripture, somebody that you're praying for um, that they may receive Jesus or, or for um, an idea of our children and families. Today, we bring them back to kind of dedicate them before the Lord. What we're going to do with these rocks is we're going to pray over them. They're going to take these rocks and they're going to put them in the cement mix in the foundation of the building that we're building over here. We're building a building for our preschool and our children and our youth ministries. Not, um, a, not so that we can build a kingdom here on earth, but we know that we are um, building this building out here to reach families to build an eternal kingdom, one that is not of this world. And so <clears throat> today we are going to uh, present these um, rocks up here. And um, this is a symbol of what God is doing in our hearts. In the Old Testament, every time God did something big, the people would gather and they would gather a bunch of stones and they would pile them up and they would call it an altar and they would declare who God has been to them. And then they would see that pile of stones and it would be a memorial. It would, they would remember what God had done and they would testify to it and it would stand there and it would testify to it. Well, that's similar to what we're doing today. So in a few minutes, we're gonna sing a song and I wanna invite you to come and, and um, if you've gotten a stone, um, I want to invite you to come and bring it up here to the altar. If you don't have one, then you, you can certainly grab one um, out here in the atrium and then, and then bring it up as well or you can um, do that after the service also. 
Um, a very interesting thing that we're going to do this service, I hope, is um, we're supposed to have our children come and bring their rocks. So I'm looking kind of in the back. They're supposed to um, be there for the kids to go first. I don't see anybody yet. So we might not do that. But if they come in, then we'll just rejoice with them anyway, because um, it'll be a testimony for a lot of our, a lot of our kids who this building is going to be for them, um, we'll, we'll bring their rocks as well. Ah, maybe? Kids? Somebody's just looking in the back door. He's like, huh? he's just late. Let's all look, look, look at him and clap when he comes in the door. No, just kidding. <laughs> so for the next couple of minutes, let us go ahead and go first then, and um, the music is going to play, and then I'm going to pray afterwards, and we'll kind of call that audible if the, if the kids show up as well. So... Serve the Lord with gladness.
We got a few others here. We're going to let them come on in and more the merrier. Amen. That's all. Let's pray over these. God, we thank you for this day that we could gather here together and we could um, encourage each other and we could look forward to what you are doing. We pray over these stones, not because of what they are, but because of what they mean. We pray that you will um, use our gifts, our talents, our treasures for your glory to build your kingdom, not ours. Lord, we just pray that you will multiply our efforts and we look forward to reaching new people, new families, that children, families, students will be reached, will be connected with, will be served, will be led to go around the world even, proclaiming your goodness and your gospel. Lord, we just, um, we just pray your blessings in the foundation of this building, that your scripture, your prayers will be a testimony to this building, to this ministry, to what you are doing. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
That is using your gifts for the Lord. Thank you so much for that. Have you ever had an experience in your life that just wasn't quite right? It just didn't quite sit well with you? That wasn't, it just didn't end well, didn't feel right? And you just kind of say, that ain't right. Just didn't feel good inside of you. <clears throat> Maybe you never really got to plead your case with somebody. You never, really, you never really felt heard. You never really felt like you got to share your side. Maybe you never really got to say goodbye to somebody. And you think that's just not right. Maybe you think, if I had it to do over again, I would have done something differently. You might have said, I would have said, um, I love you a little bit more, but maybe you might have said something to somebody. If you had something, if you could say something to somebody, if you have one more shot at it, you might have given them a piece of your mind, you know? Um, <clears throat> sometimes things just aren't quite right, and they don't finish quite well, and they don't quite set well with us. I had a, uh, a circumstance, a situation, a story um, in my life not too, a little while ago I'd like to share. Um, I was once uh, pumping gas at a racetrack uh, station, and, uh, this, and I was just about done, and this white minivan pulls up next to me and opens up the door and said, hey, I've got a bunch of surround sound systems in some boxes in the back of my van here, and I wonder if you might be interested in purchasing one. And I was like, I was like, uh, no thanks, but let me just take a look. <laughs> okay, I'm not proud of this story. It's not quite right, but, um, <clears throat> but I said, let me see what you got. It was, you know, a time where I thought, yeah, hey, I need a new surround sound system. I need to, you know, I, I, I we, we had a TV, and I didn't have any speakers for it, so I thought, well, let me just take a look at it. And he said, he said, they're not stolen or anything. I was doing a job, and he had this really convincing story about this job where he was putting these into all sorts of units, and he bought too many of them, and he was just trying to recover some of his money back off, and they're all brand new, and they're in the boxes. They're sealed and everything, and I looked at them, and they, it looked very convincing. And so I, I, I wish I could tell you that the story went a different way, but um, I actually... <laughs> succumbed to the temptation and I purchased one of the surround sound systems and I opened it up and and it was not quite what I thought it was um, it didn't work quite like I thought it would it did work and it made a fantastic Christmas present for somebody else um, but it wasn't for me and um, when I look back at that story and that thing in my life I'm thinking you know um, it just wasn't quite right and I wish I could have done things differently um, a little bit if I had that one to do over again we're in a series called 517 and this series comes from John chapter 5, verse 17, where Jesus said, The Father is working, and I, the Son, am still working. And we have um, been looking at stories in the past, um, stories that have happened in the Old Testament and through the Bible, and we learn about who God is and how he works, and we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So we can infer that uh, what he has done in the past, he will do again in the future, and he will be who he was to us now. And so we... <clears throat> have learned that God is working all around us. I want to let that sit in for just a second. Because sometimes that's not easy to believe, it's not easy to see, and sometimes we look around and we're kind of like, I don't really feel like it. But God is working all around us. 
And when we're going through whatever it is we're going through and things just don't quite feel right, I wanna challenge you, knowing that God is working all around us, I wanna challenge you to ask God these two questions. One, what is it, God, that you are teaching me through this experience? That's a hard one to step outside of yourself and ask. When you're kind of going through the thick of it, when, you, when you're going in, in the middle of the situation that doesn't quite feel right, you just to say, all right, I'm gonna step outside of my emotions, step outside of my feelings and say, God, what are you teaching me? Next question I want you to say um, is, God, how are you working through this experience? Knowing that God is working all around us. To ask God, how are you working through this, God? And we're looking at these stories through the Bible. And we've seen that God is who he was. And we have learned and discovered that God loves us. That God restores us. That unlike every other God in any other religion, God is with us. God disciplines us. He is faithful. And so many other things. Today, we're going to look at a story yet to happen, looking towards the future. We're going to be looking at the story of the second coming of Jesus. We're going to learn that God will make everything right one day. This is a hard one for us to really believe It's a hard one for us to trust because it hasn't happened yet, you know? One day God will make things right, but sometimes when I'm in the moment, I just want to go out and slash somebody's tires. Should I not have said that as a pastor? Was that wrong, you know? Is that kind of thing frowned upon here? Because if it was, you know, if I knew that, you know, I probably wouldn't have said that well. You know, um, God will make things right one day. One day, that which is unresolved will be resolved. But for now, we struggle with things that are unresolved, don't we? Things that are just kind of hanging out there, things that aren't quite right. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's something simple like a movie cliffhanger. You ever watch a movie and it kind of leaves you at the end where you don't really quite know what happened? The guy just kind of walks away and you're like, what happened? I hate that. You know, like they're like, oh, well, you can write your own story. I don't want you to write, I don't want to write my own story. You're the author, you're the, you're the one that wrote the thing. I want you to tell me how it, how it went. I want you to entertain me. I don't want to, I don't want to come up with that myself, you know. So um, uh, movie cliffhangers really, really bother me. How about like music? Those of you who are musical, when, when there's like a, a music song that's, it's called um, when, a, when a note is unresolved. You're in the key of G and you land, end on a C and it just kind of hangs out there and you're kind of like, and then it resolves, you know, la da da. All right, yeah, and it's resolved. So that kind of unresolved tension is there, and when we struggle with it, maybe it's it's a little deeper than that, like conversations that didn't go how you planned, or of somebody moved away before you got to tell them how you really feel, or um, maybe it's something small, or maybe it's something really big. When there's unresolved tension, we struggle with that. And there's this idea that we're going to be talking about today that God will. Make all things right one day. Um, So if you'll open up your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 19. The words are not gonna be up on the screen. So I wanna challenge you to open up your Bible. Go ahead and turn there. While you're turning there, one of the old prophets, Habakkuk. 
he struggled with this unresolved tension as well. He struggled with something that wasn't quite right. Habakkuk chapter one. He said this, he goes, how long, O Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen or cry out to you about violence and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. Habakkuk was looking at a very evil time in his life and he looked all around. He's like, there's injustice, there's violence, there's strife, there's anger. There's all of these things that are against you and why do you let it go on? It was unresolved. He's thinking one day that's gonna happen, but that's not today and he's frustrated with it. And then God said, look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded or amazed for I am doing something in your days for I am working and I'm doing something that you wouldn't believe even if I told you about it. That's what God's response was to Habakkuk. I am working. I am doing something. I will make this right. Be patient and wait on me. Revelation chapter 19, we're going to look at a passage that describes the second coming of Jesus. I believe that the Bible teaches of a rapture. You may have heard about this. I believe that the Bible teaches this, this, this um, experience that's gonna happen, this time when Jesus comes in the clouds and we are caught up together with him. And the church will go to heaven and then a lot of the other things in the book of Revelation will happen. Now, um, I believe that, and I'm going to read some scriptures to you that I believe teach this. And then there will be a second coming. In Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the words for this one will be on the screen. The angel said, why are you looking up into heaven? Jesus will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Jesus had died. He had risen from the dead. He had walked around for 40 days, and he had shown himself to all sorts of people, over 400 people. And then he was he rose back up and, and, and went to heaven. He said, these things I tell you, I have all authority. Go and, and preach the, the gospel into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the age. And then he starts flying up into the sky. And they hadn't seen anything like that before. There's probably a really bright light and he's probably flying away and they're just like, whoa. You know, they're looking up in the sky and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden the angels come and they say this, how come you look into the sky? Jesus is going to come again, just like you've seen him leave here. And so he's gonna come in the sky, just like you saw him come down or go away. John chapter 14, verse three, Jesus said, if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, it says this, in the twinkling of an eye, how fast is a twinkling? A lot faster than a blink. So faster than a blinking, in the twinkling of an eye. When the last trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise and we will be changed. Boom, it's gonna happen in the twinkling of an eye. And the dead in Christ will rise. I don't know how that's gonna happen. That's gonna be probably pretty weird. The dead in Christ will rise up and then we will be changed and we'll be caught up together with Jesus in the clouds. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16 and 17. It says this, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout and with the trumpet of God, I believe that's the last of the seven, seven trumpets that we see if you look through the book of Revelation. There'll be a trumpet sound. 
and we will be caught up together with them and we will always be with the Lord. A lot of people say, oh, the, rap, the, the word rapture is not in the Bible anywhere. Well, the word rapture is not in the Bible anywhere, but it does say this in 1 Thessalonians. It says that we will be caught up together and that's where we get that word rapture is that the word rapture means we'll be caught up. We will be caught up into the sky and we will be with him. Boom, it's gonna happen with the sound of a trumpet. I believe this is the biblical teaching of a rapture where the dead in Christ will rise and the living church will be caught up with Jesus in the sky. And then there will be no Holy Spirit on the planet. Think about that. The Holy Spirit, the conviction of sin, the, 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 the desire to do good and to honor God, to, to build his eternal kingdom, all of that goodness will be gone with us and we'll be up in heaven with Jesus. This world will be a bad place it'll be very bad and that's when i believe a lot of the tribulation things are going to happen and <clears throat> then then a bunch of stuff's going to happen in from the book of revelation and then jesus is going to have the second coming now you may not believe in the rapture you may be a no rapturist you may be a an amillennial um or a post-millennial um or if if you if you're just a millennial you might not know what any of that means um <clears throat> You may be A-trib, a mid-trib, post-trib, um, spare-rib, baby-crib, I don't know. But, <clears throat> but I believe that however you interpret those scriptures, the reality is, is that what we know for sure is that there will be an end. There will be an end. And that's the part that we're going to look at here. However it happens, however it goes down, whatever the, the timeline, timeline is, this next passage that we're about to read in Revelation chapter 19 is going to happen. So, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool passage here. Look with me to Revelation chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 11. This is John writing about his revelation and the Spirit of God about things yet to come. He says, Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse, and its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war with justice. I believe that the rider is Jesus. We're going to see here in a minute that I believe it's Jesus. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and he had many crowns were on his head, and he had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. We know in John, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it says, in, in, the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word, capital W, means that the Word was with God. The Word was God. We believe the Word was Jesus, because in verse 14 of John, chapter 1, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, who came, became flesh and dwelt among us other than Jesus? We believe that Jesus is the Word. He was with God. He was God. And this is saying that the name of the writer is the Word of God. His robe is dipped in blood. I believe that's symbolizing the fact that Jesus was crucified and he shed his blood for our sins. And so this rider on this horse is Jesus. And I believe that this is the second coming when he comes down with all the armies of God behind him. Verse 14. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, wearing pure white linen. And a sharp sword came out of his mouth 
so that he might strike the nations with it, and he will rule them with an iron rod, and he will trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. That's a song lyric. I've said it like three times in all the other sermons that I've done. I'm like, oh, that's a neat song lyric, and nobody gets it. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He has trampled out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. That's where it came from, right there. Okay. And his name, and he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is why I believe that the book of Revelation was given to us. So that we can see Jesus in his glory and his power in all of the honor and fierceness that he deserves. It's not, not baby Jesus, not pauper Jesus, not carpenter Jesus, not Jesus on a cross, not Jesus who was walking through the dirt, not Jesus who had no place to lay his head, not Jesus who was mocked or who was beaten or who was betrayed. We see King Jesus coming once and for all to deal with all of the sin of this earth. Look at verse 19. He says, then I saw the beast. The, who is the beast? I don't know. We, 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 you could get into interpreting the beast and how that all goes down, but he's there. The, king of the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider of the horse and against his army. Can you imagine the arrogance, the deception that, they, that all of these kings, it'll, earthly presidents, kings, prime ministers, and their armies are gonna be gathered together to try to defeat Jesus in the armies of heaven. Wow, this is quite a scene here. Verse 20, but the beast was taken prisoner and along with it the false prophet, we learned about that in the book of Revelation here, who had performed the signs in its presence. He had deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and those who worshiped its image with these signs. Both of them, the prophet and the beast, were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest, all of the armies, the, the, the kings, the prime ministers, the presidents, all those people, the rest were killed with the sword that came from the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all of the birds ate their fill of their flesh. That's pretty conclusive, if you ask me. Who's the winner? Who's bad to the bone? Who, who, who's the one who's gonna, who's gonna deal with it once and for all? Jesus came with the armies of God behind him. He took the beast, he took the prophet, and all of the armies, and he defeated them soundly. Look at verse, chapter 20, verse one. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the, king to the, or the keys to the abyss and a great chain in his hand, and he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years and he threw him into the abyss and he closed it and he put a seal on it so he would no longer deceive the nations until the thousand years were completed. So now Satan is locked up for a thousand years while Jesus is going to reign for a thousand years. Look at verse four. Then I saw the thrones of the, of the people seated on them who were given authority to judge. And I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God who had not worshiped the, uh, yeah, the word of God who had not worshiped the beast or his image and who had not accepted the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. You think something's not right? Think something is like is kind of evil and kind of leaves you hanging? Well, imagine somebody who was who is beheaded for the cause of Christ. You think, wow, that's, that's not right. 
that they would die for the cause of Christ. Man, that's just... Well, one day Jesus will raise them up and join them with him to reign for a thousand years while Satan is locked up. God's going to make things right. Amen? Chapter 20, look down to verse 10. Then the devil who deceived them was after the thousand years, he was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. One day, Jesus will come with the armies of heaven. He will gather up that false prophet. He will gather up that beast. He will defeat all of the armies. He will will, um, take Satan and all of them and throw them into the fiery pit forever and ever and ever. He will one day deal with all of the evil and he will make things right. Look at chapter 21 in verse 3. He says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole scriptures. He said, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. This is what God really wants. When we feel like injustice is happening, when we feel like things just aren't quite right, aren't quite the way it should be, this is how God wants it to be. He will one day deal with everything. He'll make it all right. And then he will come and be among us. And he will bless us. And he will be with us. And he will be our God and we will be his people. That's what he wants. One day, in his perfect timing, He will make everything right. There is evil in this world. There are people that that lie and that cheat and that steal, and one day God will make it right. There are addictions that you wish you weren't in our existence, in in the existence of our world today, but God will make it right. There is There is social injustice in our world. You look around, you look at the news, and it's not right, but one day God will make it right. There is just regular injustice. There is lying, there's cheating, there's stealing, there's a bigotry, there's racism, there's, there's hit and runs, there's child abusers, there's human traffickers, and it's all not right, but one day God will make it right. And if, as soon as we get all upset about looking at the evil in the world, in that same breath or that same thought, we should all realize that that same amount of evil is inside of us. And one day God will make that right also. Great. One day. But that day's not today. What about now? John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus said that we were going to have trouble in this world. This world is an evil place. It's a hard place. And he says, I've told you all these things so that you'll have peace in the middle of the trouble. Take heart because I have overcome the world. And until then, until he makes things right, we still live in a sinful, broken, disgusting world. 
if you feel wronged, maybe if your party wasn't the one that was elected or you feel underrepresented, you can know that God is still working. It is not God's will for us to, to, to experience the heartache that happens in this life. It is not God's will for a spouse to abuse the other one. It is not God's will when crimes are committed. It is not God's will for there to be human trafficking. It is not God's will for people to suffer from depression, anxiety. It is not God's will for us to stifle the Holy Spirit. But in the middle of all of this stuff, he allows it and he works with it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a good one to memorize. It's a good one to highlight, underline. You should have it memorized. If you don't, work on that one. It's a good one. Romans chapter eight, verse 28. It says, we know that in all things, God works, for together. God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It is not God's will that all of the bad stuff happens to us, but when it happens because of the evil in this world, he works it for good. Yeah, Amen. Because this world is awful. He doesn't want all of that stuff to make us stronger. But when it happens, he uses it to make us stronger. He uses it to make us wiser. He uses it to make our path straightened out. He uses it to help us to encourage other people. He uses that stuff in our life to bring him glory. He doesn't cause all of these things to make us grow, but he works it for our good somehow. What a good God he is, amen? That he would do that, that he would not just let us sit in it, that he would use these things and make good what the devil meant for evil God used for good. He didn't have to do that. What a good and mighty God he is. So until then, until the day that Jesus comes back and casts the devil into the lake of fire and the, and the beast and the prophet and all of that, until then, what do we do? How do we live? This is where I wanna challenge you. I wanna invite you to open up your Bible to Romans chapter 12. This is one I wanna challenge you to memorize. I wanna challenge you to memorize this passage. And I thought ahead of time, as I'm looking through this, I'm gonna memorize this passage and I'm gonna start reading the passage and then I'm just gonna kind of look away and I'm gonna keep quoting this really long passage and everybody's gonna think, oh, wow, he memorized it. What a great pastor he is. He, what a great Christian he is. And I thought, that's awful arrogant. I'm not gonna do that. I am gonna memorize it for later, but I want us to, uh, I, wanna, I wanna challenge you to memorize it because I think it's that important. It's that powerful. It's that practical. This is an incredible pa a passage here. This is how Christians should live. And if you're in this room and you've ever experienced Christians living other than this, then I'm sorry. This is how we should be. This is the goodness of God living through his church. Romans chapter 12, we're gonna start in verse nine. It says this. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Means show more honor to the one person than they've shown to you. Outdo each other in that. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. 
Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. This one's crazy. He repeats it, so it's important. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. They say that you're the product of the top five people that you spend time with. This is saying, spend time with humble people. Do it. Are the people that you spend time with humble? Spend time with humble people. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is hungry, not just a homeless person, not just a stranger, if your enemy is hungry, then feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you'll be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. I don't need to exegete this passage for us to understand it. We just need to do it. We just need to live it. It's not easy, but it is that simple. And in the meantime, while there's an evil world out there and there's all sorts of injustice, there's all sorts of things that just aren't right, one day God will deal with it. One day that will happen and we need to trust that and believe that and live in it. But for now, we need to live this. While we wait for the second coming, we need to be the light of God in a way that is so different from the evil in the world that people just can't help but be drawn to it. God is working all around us. And if he's drawing you to himself, don't resist it any longer, please. I wanna invite you, if, if you're feeling that God is drawing to you, give your life to him. Give your life to him. Jesus is coming back. The rapture's gonna happen. We don't know when, but we're not guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed another breath. So don't wait another day. Maybe God is calling you to come back to him. I tell the students, you can walk away for a thousand steps, but it only takes one to come back. Come back to Jesus today. Maybe he's calling you to full-time ministry. Tell somebody about it today. Whatever it is, don't wait another moment. God will make things right, but today, let's live for him. As we sing this next song, if, if God is leading you to come and make a decision, uh, if you need prayer for anything at all, I'll be standing up here at the front. Turn your life over to the Lord today. Let me pray for us. God, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you for the fact that you love us. You are with us and you work all of the garbage in our life for good. You do something good with it. You are a good, great, mighty wonderful, loving Father God. We praise you for that. And I pray, Lord, that you will 
Speak to people now through this. Draw them to yourself to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we sing this song, if you feel like you wanna make a decision, come and share that with me.
church, as we depart, uh, receive your blessing from God's word. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go out now and to grow in your understanding of and appreciation for God's ultimate victory. And in all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.